0: Welcome to the Pro Advice Business Podcast Series. My name is Ben Leditschke, and today we're just going to have a bit of a snapshot and reflection upon the federal budget. Uh, after a bit of time, it's good to probably, we've heard the headlines, of course, um, but today we going to be talking about what actions are required across our client
1: base. To hear more about
0: this topic, uh, I've got uh, Clinton Peak and John Gibson on the line. Hello to you, Clinton. Hello to John.
2: G'day, Ben.
1: Afternoon, Ben.
0: Uh, So initially, I just wanted to start, this is going to be a bit of an informal chat here, but uh, John, I was just wondering if you could maybe make a quick start on some of the tax implications for our clients.
1: Of course. Thanks, Ben. Um, I suppose this budget is probably one of the bigger ones I've seen in my lifetime. Um, It's the first recession we've rolled into for 30 years. Um, So uh, there's there's a lot of work for the government to do here. And of course, the first thing they go to is... Tax incentives to try and stimulate the economy. So, uh, the big ticket item, if you like, um, the instant asset write off has been a talk for four or five years now. It's gone from a thousand to hundred and fifty thousand over the last five years. Uh, the, the horse has bolted and they've, they've thrown the gate wide open with this one. Um, it's gone completely to if your turnover is below five billion dollars, um, effectively, any asset you buy that isn't capital works item Uh, you can write it off completely um, as long as it's purchased after october 6 Um, you're carrying forward a a small business pool balance Um, you can write that off as well uh, at the end of the financial year so it is um, depreciation wise it's the biggest concession that ever rolled out Uh, forward estimates are looking at about 26 billion dollars of tax brought forward Uh, it is only a timing thing but Timing is money, so uh, it is, is an incentive for business to get out there and buy assets and other people to make them. So, and you yeah. mentioned there, mentioned there,
0: John, about the it's more uh, new assets rather than capital improvements. So it's
1: it's um, new buildings, um, houses, sheds, fences, what type of things fall so within this? We we fall into the definition there. So it's it's not it is for second hand assets, but not for people who t- turn over more than fifty million dollars a year. So. Most people will be able to write off second-hand assets. Uh, uh, The capital works I'm talking about is more, you know, building a house, something like that. The the difference between a uh, for technical tax talk, a a Division 40 asset and a Division 43 asset. So additions to current assets are okay as well. Um, We just need to make sure it's a, well, to, to simplify it, we need to make sure it's a depreciable asset and not a capital gains asset like a house or something like that. The question
2: I've been uh, fielding a bit, John, I'm interested in your view on is whether you can opt in and out. uh, In the uh, old simpler tax system rules, if you opted out, you had to wait five years to get back in. With this instant write-off, and if we talk about less than 50 million turnover, which is the majority of our client base, will there be uh, the ability to choose not to instantly write off or do you think when the legislation is uh, goes through, it'll be you must write it off?
1: Good question, Clinton. And uh, the answer is uh, you've got no choice. If it applies, um, you have to apply it. So there is reasons why you wouldn't do it if it was an option, um, predominantly to make the business reports look like what's actually happened rather than, this asset's gone and written off already, um, but no, that the government's saying you've got to re- you've got to recognise that loss. Um, so um, it does that rolls us into the next concession, um, which is the um, the carry back losses for companies. Now they're allowing companies and companies only, so it's company limited partnership and some public trading trust, which are pretty rare and probably not. In the SME sector that we focus on, um, to carry back losses from the current financial year or the next two financial years back to 2019, or backwards and forwards between you know 2019 and 2022, so that that will operate as an offset um, in the current year financial you know, in tax returns. So uh, it will it creates it's not so much in the 2020 financial year. But in the, in the future years, it will create quite a considerable amount of lost revenue, if you like, for the government. Um, I think they're forecasting about $20 billion off the forward estimates overall. Um, the key and the reason I, I like this, other than the fact that it's restricted to companies, um, is the fact that it targets what they're trying to do here as well as any concession, because they're taking back, get a business that performed well in 2019, and poorly in 2020, uh, financial years, which is when COVID hit, of course, uh, they're the ones who'll get the benefit of it. So there is a good chance, rather than a cash flow boost scattergun, that this concession is going to hit the mark uh, for the people who've been impacted by COVID, as well as any of the others that are rolled out. There's, um, a, it's a it's a good bit of policy. Um, the first one rolled out in 2013, um, I don't know if you remember or not, but it was connected to the mining tax and they got rid of it when the mining tax and went out off the back of the GFC. So, so this one will roll out at the end of 2023. It's forecast to stop. Um, so it should create some good incentive and push some tax money back into the economy to get things moving as well. Uh, to move along, there's some wage subsidies as well. So these these are targeted at getting youth in a job, so people have been on Job seeker, uh, and I think we should mention the cliff of job seeker, job keeper at some stage. But uh, this is uh, aimed at the people who are on job seeker um, and are young. So if they're under thirty-five, uh, if they're under twenty-nine, they get two hundred dollars a week if they're employed and all the requirements are met. Or if they're under thirty-five, they get a hundred dollars a week subsidy towards their wage. So it's similar to a job keeper in its activity, but it's more based on age. Um, and, you know, people who are definitely on unemployment um, coming into it. Um, whilst there's there's not a lot of action to come from it, I think the the income tax cuts, you know, these are it's a considerable forward estimate uh, expenses to the government as well in relation to these. These were forecast to roll in in two years' time um, and bring back the, the marginal tax rates to push them while well, the 37 bracket goes to, Forty-five and the, the 90 bracket goes to 120. Uh, it's a consistent talking point now with inflation, which in 2020 didn't exist because of COVID, but uh, generally inflation pushing people into the higher tax brackets, um, which creates a problem where people effectively, because their money's worth less, they're paying a high percentage of tax um, and not getting any more. So um, the idea of that was to, to bring forward these cuts to allow people to have more cash in their pocket to spend now it's actually a double hit because they brought in an offset the low middle income of tax offset and the, and the low income tax offset they brought those in to sort of bring forward these these changes a little bit and they've actually left them there in this financial year so you get a double hit instead of your 1080 um you know, if you're a person around the 50 grand mark uh they get they get 2160 so it's basically it's doubled that low medium tax offset and it's you know the Once you get above the 37,000, it amplifies or it grows in its effect um, as the more tax they pay. Of course, the more tax people pay, the the better it works out from being at a lower percentage.
2: And I think it's worth saying uh, this pretty clearly suggests that the government sees what you described, a a cliff of unemployment approaching as the JobKeeper subsidy uh, comes to its conclusion in March without further stimulus. Uh, Whether state governments will allow people movement, I I know that there's a lot of clients in regional areas who are worried with the borders closed that they won't get backpackers to come and pick fruit, for example. Uh, Federal government is seeking to incentivize uh, upwardly mobile youth if they don't have a job in the cities to go into the regions and take those jobs. Um, We're getting some mixed messages at a state level restricting uh, movement of people to do just that. Uh, So uh, the clock is ticking. I was sitting in on the Global Food Forum earlier this week uh, and that productive um, produce needing uh, people to uh, pick it so it doesn't rot, um, that represents a real policy challenge, doesn't it?
0: Indeed. Now, Clinton, whilst you've got the, the floor, I was just wondering if you could comment potentially on uh, the influence of the current proposed federal budget on future trends. This could be in currencies or interest rates and the like. I'm just wondering if you want to talk about that for a little bit.
2: Sure. So uh, most listeners would... Um, reasonably draw a correlation between the government seeking to raise less in the way of income tax by offering tax cuts and paying out more in the way of benefits uh, through the various incentive schemes. Uh, and look at all that and say, surely that must uh, mean we're about to hit rising inflation. Um, as John just touched on I Rather than inflation, what the government's seeking to do is to prevent uh, deep deflation uh, and they're seeking to protect asset values where they are now. So the general um, economists and Bill Evans from Westpac uh, is on record as saying he doesn't see interest rates moving upwards despite all of this stimulus uh, for close to the next decade. So if if we think about that, and particularly uh, for those lucky enough to be experiencing good season and good prices, we're in an environment of low taxation. Indeed, we can upgrade uh, machinery for a full tax deduction. Our cost of money has never been lower, uh, in my lifetime anyway. So uh, the suggestion for those with capacity, is that they'll be willing to pay fair price more uh, for assets that they think are going to hold their value. So I, I think a outcome of the budget, uh, all things being equal, is actually another step up uh, for land prices. Uh, we often say in the agricultural industry that time heals a lot of mischief uh, as land prices correct. Uh, debt to equity ratios. Uh, But equally, I think there's some opportunity for those with foresight uh, to do their 30 year or 50 year planning to position their family and next generations uh, in a way that there may never be another time that's so favourable to do it. Um, the Australian dollar's a mugs game. Uh, I think it's always really dangerous because there's so many contradictory and competing factors within it. Um, but I, I do think it's really relevant. So um, yeah. Bill Evans, again, uh, always disclaim the source. Uh, he made the comment that he believes China will outperform the rest of the world uh, in the recovery from COVID, uh, and indeed there's already signs that that is happening, particularly the US. So uh, he feels that the Australian dollar will actually start to creep up relative to the US uh, and pegged a mark of 80 cents uh, over the next two years. Of course, uh, listeners should be aware that the Australian dollar doesn't operate in a vacuum and we don't yet know uh, to the extent of US stimulus that will occur over the next two years. Uh, so take that one with a little bit of caution, uh, but a rising Australian dollar is a distinct possibility. And
0: Clinton, we, you mentioned we're not working in a vacuum. There's a few other things going on in the soon to arrive future, things like US elections, Brexit's, et cetera. Uh, with or without vaccines and the like is is where to from here, do you think uh, in regard for Australia and the federal budget and everything else that's um, circling around here?
2: Look, uh, trade tensions is a hot topic, isn't it? We uh, see even this week uh, the Chinese rhetoric in particular, continuing um, with cotton and coal being impacted this week. Um, There was Again, strong risk management and governance uh, conversation within the Global Food Forum about whether Australia as a sovereign needs to uh, take a risk management approach and accept a lower price uh, to mitigate our exposure to the Chinese manipulation threat. Um, Where to from here, almost certainly trade tensions are going to escalate. Uh, I don't see any signs at all of the um, Chinese view and the U.S. view coming together. Uh, The U.S. violent uprising post-election has to be a distinct possibility. Uh, But regardless of who wins uh, the U.S. election, Trump or Biden, or indeed whether it's challenged in the courts, under all three circumstances, tensions with China in particular are likely to rise and Australia is likely to be caught in the middle. Now for commodities, that means hang on to your hat. We're going to go through a period of extreme volatility. So it's going to be really important to know costs of production and what price is a good price and to consider forward pricing at that price and uh, not being greedy. Uh, I do think we need to be taking an escalating risk management approach. Uh, we also need to be cognizant that uh, many of the forward assumptions contained in the budget were premised on the basis of a vaccine being mass produced and available mid to late next year. Uh, should that not happen? Um, as eye-watering as the government death is going to be, uh, it may pale into insignificance into what it might be should a vaccine not eventuate. Uh, And vaccines are tricky things. Um, It's easy to have a headline that you've started the process. It's very much harder to get through all of the testing of the side effects in one in 10,000 that proper clinical trials seek to um, uncover. So let's hope under a COVID normal uh, and with a vaccine that the rosy growth uh, assumptions contained within the budget come off. Uh, But I I think it would be reasonable to suggest we're going to have a period of stop start where we seek to open things up. The virus is the most contagious thing known to mankind uh, and clusters and outbreaks will occur. We'll have to shut down again uh, on a, in a small or a medium way to get it under control. Uh, really, uh, the prospect of economic growth without vaccine is very low. Indeed. Um,
0: both uh, have discussed some reasonably big storm clouds on the horizon, but there is that saying that behind every inconvenience lies an opportunity uh, John and Clinton, I was just wondering for our clients and our listeners, is there any sort of tips or key suggestions over the next three to six months for them to keep in mind? John, if you'd like to go first.
1: Yeah, okay, yeah, Ben. Yeah, I think um, from a predominantly tax perspective and from an overall outlook perspective, uh, even though that the forecasts are horrible, uh, Australia's debt levels compared to other advanced countries, even at the horrible forecast levels, aren't too bad. So um, don't be too frightened. Um, there's plenty of concessions out there, but we'll be around for a while. Um, uh, have a look at your business plan and your, your personal plans for your future and see how these concessions work into those. Um, And if you're not sure how they work into into your business plan and how these concessions apply to you, of course, um, give your advisor a call and we'll have a chat. Thanks, John. Clinton. any summaries from
0: your perspective?
2: Yeah, a couple. Uh, So if we look through the sections of the client base, I think those that are exposed uh, and with high debt levels, um, it's always darkest before the dawn. uh, But the best advice I can give that segment is to protect your cash flow. Uh, in the next section with the aspiring people who are actually going okay and their cash flows are uh, resilient at this stage, try and raise your gaze. Uh, try not to be um, overcome by fear and loathing. There are very real opportunities uh, emerging. Uh, and if you take a, a big picture view and you can cash flow it, uh, then those with vision will really outperform those without Uh, and for the higher section of the client base uh, with the very strong profitability um, i I do think this is the time to be taking a multi-generation approach Uh, the all the tea leaves are pointing in the same direction and actually i think community and society are depending on those with capacity not to sit on their hands. Uh, we are looking for economic activity to occur.
0: Thanks, Clinton. Thanks, John. I think that's a pretty good snapshot of Federal Budget 2022. So thank you for your time today. Thanks, Ben. Fantastic. Thanks, Ben. Good. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please share it. For more information, please refer to our website, which is www.pridevice.com.au. In the meantime, keep well, keep safe, keep talking. Get connected to a
1: the bunch of